This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. My countrymen and my friends, I had hoped against hope that some miracle would prevent a devastating war and bring to an end the invasion. This most serious threat World Wrestling Federation has ever known. The long-term future of sports entertainment could change forever. A succession of actual wars have shaken the entire world and have threatened to bring on the gigantic conflict, which is today unhappily a fact. Place to be Nation. Welcome back to another episode of Nation Invasion. I'm your host slash captain, James Gruenberg. And, you know, things are, the, the winds are taking a little bit of a turn for the WWF side of the invasion. As uh, last week, uh, the July 9th, 2001 Raw episode, WCW and ECW formed an alliance together. And together they will stop the, they will take over the WWF. And again, it is Shane McMahon, Paul Heyman, and the new owner of ECW, Stephanie McMahon. And then Stone Cold Steve Austin has jumped and walked off the plank uh, for Team WWF on last week's SmackDown. So we have to see where his head is at as we lead into Invasion. But before we get to uh, tonight's show, let me bring in my first mate on this ship, he is a co-host of Wrestling Warzone, and that is Mr. Chad Campbell. Chad, how are you doing tonight? Doing great, Gurney. How's it going? Uh, it's going good. Uh, you know, uh, we're getting through these uh, in uh, these uh, Raw and SmackDown of the Invasion uh, angle time frame, and uh, you know, you you got a hot one uh, here. Yeah, this is this will be an interesting time frame because if we do make it all the way to WrestleMania 17 with Wrestling Warzone, um, and then where Jacob uh, started on the Ruthlessly Aggressive podcast, th- this is kind of a good bridge uh, from the end of that podcast to the start of his. Uh, this kind of weird time frame, I would say, where it's a big angle, but it's uh, I think I think people know about the invasion, of course, uh, long-term fans and fans at the time, but it's something that doesn't get dissected uh, too often in great detail. It's just sort of a lot of uh, revisionist thinking regarding it. 
Yeah, it is. And uh, Chad, you know, speaking of uh, this time frame, I want to know, uh, were you actively watching uh, WWF at the time in 2001? Yeah, I was uh, I was an active fan. Actually, that July night uh, Raw, you know, was from Phillips Arena. And I was bummed because uh, my family takes a uh, family vacation to Panama City every year. And it so happened that the week we were in Panama City fell in line with when the Raw was in Atlanta. Uh, so I didn't attend that one. Um, missed a pretty eventful episode of Raw. Uh, but yeah, I was I was a uh, I was a WWF fan um, at this time, watching most of the product. Uh, I would say around this time when WCW went out of business, my main passion, as far as wrestling concerned, kind of shifted to the independent stuff. I was also starting to get into Japan uh, and tape trading more, so I was still, you know, actually becoming more of a quote unquote, you know, hardcore internet wrestling type fan on the message boards uh starting to post more on death alley driver and whatnot around this time uh but was certainly following what was going on in wwf too mm-hmm. um yeah so you weren't there at the uh raw at the uh, phillips arena i was gonna ask you that next but you already gave me the answer um but you're a WCW like guy. You were at the uh, Georgia Dome uh, back in 1998, right? Correct. Yeah, I was there oh. for both uh, July 6, 1998, and January 4, 1999 uh, episodes of Monday Night Nitro. Okay, so you're WCW like through and through. You would say, kind of, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, we'll get through it as we chronicle <laughs> Wrestling Wars on, but um, I mean. 2000 WCW, I was out. I think you're the only one that likes 2000 WCW, James. Um, so I, uh, I, I, you know, I was definitely wavering in 1999. Um, got very frustrated with what was going on and kind of the peaks and valleys of the product at the time. Um, and then I did order Bash at the Beach 2000. And that was kind of my final straw as far as <laughs> WCW is concerned. So I did not watch uh, any WCW programming uh, in real time from Bash at the Beach 2000 until the final Nitro. Um, now oh, okay. I've gone back and watched some, but that that was that was it for me. And and you know I would say from really Halloween Havoc 1999 up until. Crash at the Beach 2000 was certainly hit or miss. Uh, I actually moved from Alabama to Georgia around that time. And uh, when I moved to Georgia, I picked up a few uh, friends that were just getting into WWF uh, at the beginning of 2000 when I moved. So we were doing kind of the party phone calls during Raw around that time. And it was uh, pretty much Raw only. Every once in a while, we'd flip to a Nitro, but um, it was predominantly raw. So, so my WCW watching, you know, I I was a full fledged fan from the NWO up until I would say the finger poke of doom, and then from there things started going south uh, with my fandom. And then by 2000, like I said, Bash at the Beach 2000, I completely checked out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a good time to check out when uh, you know it's hitting the iceberg or it's like about to really sink 
Uh, one more thing right. before we get into one more thing before we get into uh, tonight's shows here. Uh, Buff Bagwell was released uh, July 9th, two thousand one, on Raw due to like his actions backstage. Uh, he got into a fight with uh, Shane Helms. I went over it with uh, Jenny that they had their match at Tacoma, Washington, and then uh, he got into a fight with Shane Helms at training. And then on July 9th, he gets fired by Jim Ross, like, I would say, like, three hours before the show. He comes in, Jim Ross uh, pulls him aside with uh, Vince, and uh, they let him go. Chad, had the Booker T-Buff Bagwell match happened in Atlanta, Georgia, would Buff Bagwell still have a job in the WWF in 2001? Um, I mean, he, he's, I think he certainly was ruffling, uh, feathers with his backstage antics. I, I definitely think the way they presented that at Tacoma, them coming out completely cold and, uh, and, a you know, a fairly cold market. There was the spring stampede 99 stuff. So it was, you know, it wasn't completely unknown that WCW would be, uh, known to that market, but, but. They they just sort of kind of destined them guys to fail. I, I think they were set up to fail in a lot of ways. But, you know, I, I don't have much sympathy for Buff either with the way he handled himself. So so it's tough to say. He, he might have been given a little more leeway, but uh, he wasn't making too many friends backstage either. So he probably would have been gone sooner than later, in my estimation. Gotcha. And to this day, apparently, like, you know, he's made peace with everybody. He still will not make peace with Jim Ross. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. All right. Well, let's dive into let's dive into the uh, shows here tonight. Uh, we're live uh, Monday Night Raw, July 16, thousand one. We're in Providence, Rhode Island, and Chad, our good friend Justin Rosero, was at this show. Yes, he was. Uh, so this is the go home to invasion. It's at the dunk. Um, and yep, Justin was alive, as you said. Mm-hmm. Yep. We get a recap of Stone Cold walking out on Vince and Team WWF. Uh, Vince McMahon is saying that he needs the old Stone Cold, but Austin won't even give him a stunner. And then Stone Cold is sitting at the friendly tap, which is Tim White's uh, Tim White's bar uh, in Providence, Rhode Island, which is like 10 or 15 minutes away from the arena. So Stone Cold is uh, just sitting there and like moping around basically. Yeah. If you, if you look at the, I actually did a little Google map today just to see, cause they kept referencing in the show, but it was 15 minutes away. And yeah, it's uh, 11 miles. Uh, Google maps actually said exactly 15 minutes to drive from the friendly tap to uh, the dock. Oh, nice. So uh, they're right on, they're right there, you know. It's not like, yeah, right on said, cue. It's not like <laughs> when they said, uh, it's not like when they said that the uh, police station was a million miles away for Goldberg to get, um, to get back <laughs> right. to the Georgia Dome when it was right across the street. Correct. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, um, in the, the friendly tap itself, you know, coming where I live in the South, like, um, I, I I guess it's still in business. I mean, obviously Tim White's not the owner, but um, it, it, if you Google Map the Friendly Tap, it'll show up on the outside and stuff. And it's it's a pretty interesting looking building. I, I next time I visit Justin, I may see if we can 
do the pilgrimage up there. It's it's north <laughs> of Providence, and he lives kind of south. So yeah. uh, I did I did that Google map, and it's about 30, 35 minutes from where he lives. But it, it looked like a, I mean, it definitely looks like a uh, a neighborhood bar that you would kind of just hang out at. Yep. So now Spike Dudley comes to the ring, and uh, keep in mind, Chad, he's still in the uh, relationship with Molly, but like I feel like they took a week off from there as well. But it's like, so they're going back to Molly and Spike, and it's like, uh, are they in a relationship? Are we still on this storyline? Anywho, he invites Molly to the ring. He tells Molly he loves her, and Molly says, uh, he's got, she's got something to say to Spike back, uh, gives, uh, she, she says that, uh, she loves Spike as well, and Spike gives Molly a rose. All of a sudden, now comes Paul Heyman. Paul reminds Spike that Paul took him in when no one else would. He wants Spike to come back to the ECW side. Spike declines, and then Spike wants to fight Heyman. How come the Deadly Boys? Bubba says Spike stole the spotlight, and then the um, and then he also cost the Deadly Boys the WWE Tag Team Titles uh, from to the APA last week on Raw. Deadly Boys beat down Spike. Molly Lowe blows Paul, hits Bubba with a chair. Devon sets Molly up, and Bubba puts her through a table. Your thoughts on this, Chad? Opening segment. Um, yeah, so <laughs> I have a lot of issues with this raw, I guess I can say. <laughs> and and my main problem with most of the angles is uh when you're talking about the magnitude of the invasion and kind of just the threat overall to the entire company WWL. <clears throat> I uh I thought most of the angles in of themselves on this raw were either played for comedy or for kind of different tones. They didn't have the tone that I thought should be conveyed heading into this, you know, pay-per-view that has a lot of magnitude and ramifications to it. Um, So so the opening stuff with Spike and Molly um, and kind of their little cute relationship and courtsmanship and whatever... I mean, it was fine. It, it was a fine, I guess, like mid-card fodder. Um, but but you get a complete tonal shift with Heyman first coming out and then the Dudleys. And, you know, the Dudleys have been uh, powerbombing women. You know, Bubba's been powerbombing a lot of women throughout 2001 through the table. And uh, this week it is Molly. So... Again, it's it's trying to get over the violence of the Dudley boys and them being really the uh, bullies of the uh, WCW-ECW contingent. But it felt like too drastic of a shift to me from the Spike and Molly stuff to when the Dudleys came out and eventually powerbombed Molly through the table. Uh-huh. Yeah, it does like a complete like one one eighty. It's like, oh I love you. Oh, you're going through a table. So it's uh it's interesting, but like you said, you know, the Dudley boys are uh, not a tag team to mess with and uh they're proving it. They'll put their own family member through a table. Right. Kurt Angle is backstage trying to He's trying to practice telling Mr. McMahon that he can lead the WWF into invasion and they're going to win. 
Vincent's uh, Kurt where Austin is, and Kurt Angle's like, not only is Stone Cold not here, but he's at a bar drinking. Can you trust somebody who's going to be drinking while they should be uh, leading Team WWF? And like Vince is like, I need to go find. Uh, I need to go find Stone Colds. Yeah, this this was kind of just a pretty quick segment to uh, set up the rest of the night, and basically. Your hook for the whole show is, you know, they're trying to recruit Stone Cold for Team Yeah, WWF. get him back. Yep. So now we have Farouk uh, versus Chuck Palumbo. It's the one half of WWF Tag Team Champions versus one half of the WCW Tag Team Champions. So we're getting a little uh, preview of some matches here at Invasion. I should remind you, Chad, most of these matches are just announced on uh, TV. There's really no buildup except for, like, this, the five-on-five, five, the referee match, and the bra and panties match. Everything else is just, like, uh, throw it together and we'll see what sticks. Yeah, um, we'll get we'll get to the build, but even... On tonight's show, uh, on this Raw, you know, six days from the pay-per-view, they, they throw together a couple more matches on the, mm-hmm. on this uh, kind of go-home Raw. So. Yep. Palomo goes to work on Farouk, a fallaway slam to Chuck. Baseball slides to Farouk. F- flying shoulder tackle by Chuck. Bradshaw and O'Hare fight on the outside. DDT by Palumbo. A super kick by Chuck Palumbo for the win. Uh, for this matchup, I went two stars. I thought it was good. Uh, you know, Chuck Palumbo, Chuck Palumbo is trying to show, uh, you know, that he he can wrestle. And, you know, Farouk did a good job on uh, taking the pin for uh, to try and make the WCW Tag Team Champions look good. Because it's been said that the APA actually did like working with uh, O'Hare and Palumbo. So I went two stars, Chad. Well, I, I mean, I think O'Hare and Palumbo, as I said, I wasn't watching at the time, but going back and re-watching uh, 2000, 2001 stuff, I think O'Hare and Palumbo had a lot of potential. When you watch the uh, end days of WCW, um, they they do stand out. And uh, as a match itself, I, th- I thought it was fine. I, I did like that. I mean, there was there was some kind of nonsense going on with O'Hare uh, and Bradshaw on the outside and Farouk was a little distracted and he runs into a super kick but 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 overall uh, I thought there was much more kind of egregious um, jobbing of the Alliance guys so, so I thought this was well done uh, and good enough as a uh, match leading into their tag match on Sunday all right, yep. Um, then we have uh, Kurt Ang- Kurt, he's backstage again, complaining that he should be the leader of the WWF. Raven says Kurt, Kurt has done nothing hardcore. Raven then challenges Kurt to an ECW rules match. And then we have Mike Awesome versus Edge. Lance Storm then takes the microphone and challenges Edge and Christian to a tag team match. At invasion, so we have our first, um, you know, uh, throw throw in a match together. You know, they've been feuding for like a little bit because uh, Edge and Christian cost Mike Awesome the uh, hardcore title to Jeff Hardy uh, last week on SmackDown. So they're trying to just get their uh, revenge against Edge and Christian. 
Yeah, so so this setting up this tag match, this is what I was talking about earlier. I thought this was way too... I mean, I know it's Edge and Christian's stick to be goofy and comedy, but way too much comedy. I, I, I didn't... I, I don't think it particularly holds up rewatching it. It wasn't very humorous to me. And, um, you know, when you're, I understand like with Storm's character, you know, like he's the, you know, if I can be serious for a minute and has that gimmick. Um, but especially with Awesome, there there was a couple guys in the Alliance that I think especially were botched. And I think, I think Awesome's one of them because he was one of the first guys to kind of come in. Storm was, you know, the actual first guy with the super kick um, back in what May or whatever, and yeah. um, and it's just, you know, Awesome had the size. <coughs> he was a uh, he was a world champion in ECW, and you you'd already seen how WCW kind of floundered him. And this was a great chance for WWF to kind of resurrect his career and, and, and give him a lot to work with. And, and later on, and I, I just didn't think this promo did any favors to him kind of jobbing them out. Um, and then we can get to the actual matches though. Yep. Mike gives edge a clothesline in the corner, flying clothesline and neck breaker by edge. Mike throws Edge into the post. Mike leaps over the ropes onto Edge, a bulldog to Awesome. Release German suplex to Edge, spinning heel kick to Lance Storm. Billy Silverman stops Christian from hitting a concerto on, on Mike Awesome. And then Storm super kicks Edge in the face, basically, and Mike pins him. Uh, for this match again, uh, it was fine. I went two stars again as well. I thought it was good. You know, they are just trying to uh, give WCW, make the WCW guys look good. And, uh, you know, WWF is down. Uh, uh, WWF is down a couple of uh, points here uh, for Raw. Yeah, I, I went two stars here. I, I think this is one of the qualms I have with the booking here, though, because. It's it's one of those things where, and this is this is one of my main problems with the invasion overall. Is if you just look at win loss record, the alliance may be pretty competitive with WWF and actually WWF versus alliance matches, but they presented the alliance as the pure heels, and so you know in this match there's all this interference and and kind of run an interference where Billy Silverman's grabbing the chair and then Storm hits the super kick and whatever. So, I mean, yeah, awesome wins, but but it took a lot for him to uh, claim the victory. And, and then overall, I just think it makes them look weak um, mm -hmm. in comparison that they have to use nefarious means almost every time to uh, gain any victory. Also, um, you know, with, uh, with Heyman now... Uh, firmly as kind of the mouthpiece for ECW. He's off the uh, commentating booth for this show. So you have uh, Michael Cole and Jim Ross together. Uh -huh. and I, I, I thought they were pretty bad on this show. And then at the end of this match, so this is the second match, and Cole says, well, WWF is 0-3 versus the Alliance. I, I don't. I guess Spike Powerbomb and Molly was a match in his and, or uh, Bubba Powerbomb and Molly was a match in his eyes, but but yeah, that, that was rough too. But yeah, I mean, again, I thought the action in this match was fine for what it was, a very quick TV match, but um, 
the the finish kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, you can have two of your lead guys uh, commentating each other's stuff, basically. You know, it's like Michael Cole just repeats everything that Jim Ross is saying, or it's like vice versa, you know? It's like, oh, uh, Jim Ross says it 10, 10 minutes later, Michael Cole will say the exact same thing with just one extra word or a different word. It's like we get the point, you know? Right, right. Yep. So now we are uh, backstage again. You know, Jericho uh, is backstage and he's making fun of uh, Stephanie saying uh, ECW means every customer welcome. And, uh, you know, um, he basically says, you know, making movies isn't such a bad idea, but not those kind of movies. Booker T has enough. And. Um, he challenges uh, Chris Jericho, and he puts the WCW title on the line. Regal and Tajiri are backstage. Jerry wants to commentate on the Regal and and Taz match, and then we have um, Shane and Shane, Steph, and Paul are backstage. They're discussing who will represent WCW and ECW, and it will be Booker T, the Dudley Boys, oh. DDP, and Rhino. Yeah, I got I got some thoughts on this. So so the five guys they present, it's just I don't know. Like it, it just doesn't sound too big. And I know they had some coming, but you know, I, I, I always even rewatching this, I forgot. I was like, Oh yeah, like Rob Van Dam's not in the inaugural brawl. He's in another match. I you know, I, I just think like even he's in there in the mix. It it just feels a little weak. Um I, yeah. I don't know. Like we've yeah, seen he, Paige get beat up already. So But he's had some edges with um he's had some like good uh you know, come comebacks against the Undertaker. Like he's sneaky with Taker a lot. And then uh, you know, you got the main guy, Booker T. You know, he's made an impact on uh team WWF. You know, he beat Kurt Angle and uh, he's going up against Jericho now. I mean, he put Stone Cold through a table, so Austin hasn't wrestled since. Do you think Rhino was I'm gonna ask um Souza, who I have on um, Invasion, of when we do the Invasion Watch Along, do you think Rhino was the wrong guy to put in the uh, five-man five main event? I think the problem with Rhino is his establishment in ECW really felt like it was one of those, okay, like, everybody else is left. So now we got to put all our chips behind you and just incredible. Like by that point in ECW's run, it, it felt too far removed. I, I don't hate slotting Rhino in this match uh, due to the fact that he's young. You know, he was pushed in ECW. It's just, this is just one of those things where like, I mean, the Dudley boys were, established WWF tag team for a year and a half. And now they're on the Alliance side and going into this match. If you had the Dudley boys in a random tag match versus undertaker and Kane, 
on pay-per-view, you wouldn't think the Dudley boys would win. And the same thing, like if you had Rhino versus Kurt Angle going into a, a, a random singles match, you wouldn't think Rhino would win. Um, so it, it was just, a, to me, it was an uphill climb uh, to build credibility. And and they might could have got there, but again, I, I don't think the way they pushed uh, this show did a great job of convincing anyone um, that the five people for the ECW WCW side could really stand toe to toe and create a threat for WWF. Yeah, it doesn't even feel like Canyon uh, could do it, do it either. You know? No, I mean I, I don't know who who they could have had based on who it was. Um, but but yeah, it it was a struggle. Yeah, but like I mean, it just does seem like at this point that the these are like the the main guys on the alliance here, and until we get someone uh, you know who's coming, who might be spoil, not be who might be coming over, I won't spoil anything. But you know, um, but then we had Vince. Vince, uh, he goes to the friendly tap. He tries to talk to Austin. Uh, he is like really begging for the old Austin to come out, but. Austin is just ignoring Vince the whole time. And then Vince yeah. leaves. And then we have uh, Taz versus William Regal. And Jerry's on commentary. Regal goes to work on Taz, running knee to Taz, suplex to Regal. Then to Jerry enters the ring and shows Taz an ECW shirt, but kicks Taz in the face and puts him in the tarantula lock. Um, for. The match itself, I don't know if he rated it or not. I gave it a quarter star. It was good, but uh, it was mostly for uh, uh, pushing storyline forward. Where will Tajiri uh, join ECW, or is he always going to be on Regal's side with the WWF? Yeah, I mean, so Taz, I think, was another huge casualty. I mean, he was someone that was floundering in his first year and a half in WWF, this angle could have gave him, you know, a new lease on life. And it's, it's one of those things. It's like, it was, we're only three years removed in 1998 where, you know, it was a vocal minority, but, but the hardcore ECW fans were putting Taz up there with anybody in the wrestling world. Like, you know, when it was, when you have the Goldberg versus Steve Austin debates, you you would always have, you know, kind of those little people pepping up and being like, well, what about Taz? You know, and he had his fans, and to see him, you know, lose this match, get outsmarted by Tajiri, uh, the fact that they, you know, they kind of blew through, I thought, a couple weeks of storyline, that's something... Like with the wrestling war zone, we we chronicled um, Dallas Page, you know, spurning the NWO by them thinking he's joining them and he doesn't. Uh, And that was built week after week after week, like about eight weeks of build. And here we have this done in about five minutes where where Tajiri acts like he's going along with Taz. Uh, then he turns on him. He blows the mist onto the ECW shirt. So mm-hmm. I, I was I was not a fan of this segment much at all. Yeah. So, but it it just like it looks bad. But like it's 
trying to pump up, you know, to Jerry versus uh, Taz, which really shouldn't be a good, really should be a good match on paper. You got the suplex machine versus like the karate kick master, basically, you know. So we'll yeah, see two, what happens at Invasion. Two guys yeah. that didn't, yeah, and they didn't pair up when Tajiri was really coming on in ECW. Taz was on his way out. So Yeah. DDP and Rhino are backstage. DDP says something big will go down in the main event tonight. He says he wants all the boys to come in the back and show the unedited version of Sarah. Oh, boy. I didn't even know there was an unedited version of Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and then Tim White gives Austin another beer. He says, oh, hey, Steve, this one's on the house. Like, the other four beers weren't on the house either. Right. <laughs> I'm sure Vince McMahon was right outside ready to pay up uh, Timmy White over there. Um, yeah, he, he, says that, he says that Stone Cold uh, will make the right decision. I, I'm interested. You know, I, I should have looked this up. I, I wonder when they taped all this, because... I would assume, like, White says he closed the bar just for Austin, but I don't know. They may have taped this earlier in the day or something like that. Um, I'd, I'd be interested to know that. Yep. Now we have Booker T versus Chris Jericho. WCW titles online. Baseball slide to Booker T. Jericho hangs Booker off the guardrail. Crossbody to Booker. Spinning heel kick to Jericho. Shane gets on the apron, but Jericho, but Jericho like kicks out. Spine buster to Jericho, a flabjack to Booker, missile drop kick to Booker, Bulldogs to Booker T. Jericho counters the scissors kick and gets Booker T into the walls of Jericho. But Nick Patrick pretends to not see Booker T tapping. Earl Hebner comes out and takes out Patrick. Then Shane McMahon takes out um, Earl Hebner before he can ring the bell and declare Jericho the new WCW champion. And Jericho takes out Shane, but then Booker T low blows Jericho and Nick Patrick fast counts Jericho out. For this matchup, Chad, uh, two and three quarters I went. It's all right. Like it was a good performance by both guys. But again, we have a hokey pokey finish. You know, you're trying to tell. Uh, two storylines at one time that these referees are fighting back and forth and that uh, it's all about WCW versus WWF. But again, you know, interference after interference when you got really two good, great athlete athletes here. Yeah, I, w- I went three stars on the match. I like the match. Um, I mean, I think there's a there there is a way where you can show that you know, everybody from the announcers to the referees to whatever are, are kind of ingrained in a feud with each other from these two, you know, conflicting companies going head to head. But but the Hebner Patrick stuff in the middle of a world title match, it's like, who cares? Like, you know, them them fighting as uh, <laughs> Hebner's punches are horrendous. Um, he, and and then you get the hokey stuff too, where like, I mean, Booker has to tap out. So we get a visual tap out, uh, of course, and Hebner's calling for the bell, but Shane catches his arm, which, 
Which, you know, it's like, is that really a technicality that if he doesn't officially, like, <laughs> wave his arm, then it doesn't count? Um, <laughs> so, so the finish here was a mess and brought everything down from what I thought was a really good TV match. Um, and uh, I will say, I think this was one of the first times you saw the Shane Booker dynamic, uh, which I'll enjoy throughout the fall. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so now you have Paul Heyman. Uh, he's trying to recruit any former ECW star that is now in WWF. He's trying to uh, recruit Perry Saturn. Uh, Perry Saturn just says snossages, and then Paul Heyman leaves. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, another uh, dumb Perry Saturn uh, segment here. We're almost there. We're almost to the mop. Uh, we got introduced to like the mop, but uh, you know he hasn't named it uh, Moppy yet. Yeah, Terry is getting uh, progressively annoyed that he's paying more attention to the mop than her. Yeah. And now we have our ECW rules match. It's Raven versus Kurt Angle. Takedown by Kurt, a, sh- a trash can lid shot, and clothesline by Raven. Drops whole hole by Raven into the trash can. Kurt chokes Raven with his with his t-shirt. Uh, um, a stop sign and trash can shots to Raven. Angle slam and the ankle lock to Raven for the win. Uh, I went one star, Chad. Um, you know, it was short, but it got the point that uh, Kurt Angle is tough. And then he starts, like, beating down uh, Raven and... Um, Alliance members, and he hits Canyon with a uh, with a chair shot too. So Kurt Angle is trying to prove that he's tough and uh, he's ready to go into invasion here. Yeah, I don't have a problem with Kurt. Uh, you know, kind of getting a tune up match heading into the match at Invasion, um, and he is getting more of a babyface reaction from the crowd. I just thought that it being at Raven's expense was another miscue. Um, much, I think what I said about Taz earlier, you could echo with Raven. I mean, these, these it, it's just when you th- think, if you're going to have it's WCW and ECW versus WWF, and you think of ECW, Taz and Raven are two of the first names that come to mind. And uh, here, you know, Raven issues the challenge and then gets completely jobbed out in the match stipulation he wanted uh, within a minute. So, so understand that it was building up angle, but it being done at Raven's expense, um, which, you know, he could have been, again, built up and, and rectified uh, to be more of a contender, um, I thought, again, was a mistake on the booking standpoint. Mm-hmm. Stone Cold is at the friendly task. He's playing pool. And we have our Hardy Boys versus Dudley Boys tag match. You know, like we've seen enough of these guys uh, tagging back and forth. Devon and Matt start off swinging neckbreaker to Devon. Bubba tags. Uh, Bubba hangs Jeff off the, uh, off the top rope and kicks Jeff. Her karana to Bubba by Jeff. Light drop to Devon, twist of fate and swanton bomb to Devon. Bubba Ray pulls Jeff pulls Jeff out. RVD comes out uh, comes out and he holds on to Devon to pin Matt. Uh, for this matchup, it's fine. I went two stars. Uh, 
again, a little hokey finish here. And like, it's weird that RVD has to like hold on to Devon uh, so he can hold down Matt for the win here. I feel like there could have been a different way of doing this, doing this finish here. So I went two stars on it. Yeah, I mean, this was an abbreviated TV match for these guys. Um, I agree with what you said about the finish. Um, uh, only positive I'll say here is I, I think Rob Van Dam around this time frame feels so different and electrifying and, and really kind of does create that edge and spark that they were looking for uh, mm-hmm. with the Alliance members. I, I would say only Booker T uh kind of match it he doesn't match it but he, he's up there too but uh booker t to me and rob van Dam are the two kind of standouts from the alliance standpoint um and uh and so him giving the frog splash now he has a match with jeff hardy at invasion so uh, that should be an exciting match mm-hmm so now, um, now also the Dudley Boys hold Jeff down, and RVD gives a five star frog splash to Jeff. Vince tells the APA to round up the troops, and now we have him backstage that the Alliance Coalition is backstage. Stephanie tells the guys this is their last chance. Shane says there is no going back to the WWF. That the line of sand is drawn, and we have to win. WWF holds their own rally meeting there. They're not going to take it anymore with the WCW and ECW coalition. Uh, Bradshaw said starting tonight, we're not taking it anymore. If you look, Chad, like not even like if you look at the WWF side, it's it's not like it's bad. You know, you got like a I feel like you have like a weak roster with them a little bit. You know, you got like K quick, uh, Scotty too hotty. <laughs> Uh, black man, even like the big show is like not even a force to be reckoned with. Like he's on the sideline, like sitting on is sitting at a at a desk basically. Uh, Kai and Ty, I think's in there. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, they they had some uh, bigger guys. Uh, you know, it, I always thought it was a little weird how they made APA be like the the the. Uh, the main stalwarts on the WWF yeah. side to start out here. Because, yeah. Yeah. Even in this rally up the troops speech, um, I'm rewatching it. S.A. Rios also next to William Regal. That's pretty humorous. Yeah. But, uh, but you have, uh, <laughs> you have, uh, Undertaker and then APA. And it's, it's a little weird that you have Kane, Jericho, Angle all like sitting here, Listening to you know Farouk whatever give them the big the big rally cry speech yeah yeah well it gets better Chad it does yeah Undertaker tells says the hell with Austin uh he didn't want to be if he wanted to be here he would have came back to us so you know they don't care about Austin because Austin's not here and then out of nowhere. Uh, well, first Undertaker goes, there's no shame in going out there and fighting. And even if you get your ass kicked, at least you tried. And then out of nowhere, Freddie Blassie, of all people, is wheeled out with, to, by the Brooklyn Brawler. And actually, Freddie Blassie gets up from his wheelchair and says, gentlemen, the time has come. Stand up and fight. So, you know, they're all just like chanting fight. 
fight, fight, fight. And, uh, you know, uh, WWF guys are just getting uh, ready to uh, put on a war here tonight. Stone Cold leaves the friendly tap after hitting a uh, pool cue over uh, the table, basically. Yeah, so so I like I liked all three of these kind of segments. The the lion stuff I thought I thought was well done. Um, you know, APA aside, I thought once Taker and especially Freddie Blassie come in, uh, that was cool. And then turning to Austin, leaving the friendly tap. Yep, and you know when we get three great segments, uh, you get a bad match here as well to bring it down just a little bit it's Trish versus Terry Terry slapped Trish Trish uh, giant swing to Terry Terry throws Trish by her hair a jawbreaker to Trish a bulldog to Terry for the win uh, for this match I went a half a star Trish <laughs> is still green but he is trying to uh, but she is trying to uh, show that she belongs in the ring as well, but she is still green here, and Terry does absolutely nothing. Yeah, yeah, this this only goes a minute, but it it was hideous. Uh, Terry, one time she runs for the ropes and then falls face first without even being hit or anything, and just her movements are are awful. So uh, this this was bad. This was bad. And then- and then we have Tori and Stacy. They come down double T and Trish. Lita comes in and gives Stacy the twist of fate as well. So they're getting set for their match up here. Yeah, I mean, so it's it, it, again, it, it's very different. You got to think in two thousand one eyes, but um, yeah, I mean, setting up the uh, tag team bra and panties match, but um. Uh, once again, the Alliance guys kind of get punked out here because as soon as Lita comes, uh, she beats up Stacy and Tori pretty handily and uh, hits the twist of fate, as you said. Mm-hmm, yep. So now we have our main event. It is Undertaker and Kane versus DDP and Rhino. Uh, Taker and Kane clean house and throw DDP and Rhino to the outside. Kane goes to work on Rhino, a big boot to Rhino. A power slam by Kane. Old school to Rhino. DDP throws Undertaker into the steps. Sidewalk slam to DDP. And that's about it. As Team WCW beat down Kane and The Undertaker, the Team WWF members come out to fight. But then ECW comes to the ring and a huge brawl ensues. Stone Cold Steve Austin arrives backstage. Uh, he enters the building. He is just laying out Alliance members all over the place. But will he come to the ring? And surprise, as probably one of the biggest pop, loudest pop, besides him coming to help Mick Foley win the title on January 4th, 1999. This is like one of his like the second or third biggest pop for Stone Cold. As he comes down to the ring and he just beats down every... WCW and ECW superstar, and he's laying everybody out with stunners as he can. He's wearing a WCW or ECW shirt. And then, you know, like they all pull each other, like, you know, the WWF guys clean house, and they pull all each other together. And it looks like the WWF is on the same page here as well. Before we go, we get a um, segment where uh, Brooklyn Brawler is leading 
Stephanie McMahon, I mean, we're leading uh, Freddie Blassie away from the arena. Stephanie McMahon, Shane McMahon, chase him down. And Stephanie delivers the lines across as just like the WWF, you have one thing in common, you'll both be dead soon. So little, uh, little uh, hesitancy with those lines uh, to poor Freddie Blassie. Yeah. Um, uh, tag match. I didn't think it was very good. I thought Kane and Undertaker just completely dominated uh, Paige and Rhino too much. Um, again, you get the big schmoz uh, with the beat down. That that was fine. Um, and then we get to the Austin stuff. And I actually uh, had had a discussion with Justin. And I, I, I feel like we're on two different pages. But um, I, I get that the pop was massive. Like, you can't deny that. But and and I understand it's you know it's Stone Cold Steve Austin so I get that to one degree, but I mean he had to have laid out like ten to fifteen different alliance guys um, when he does this run in, and on one hand with what happens at the pay per view I guess you can maybe say like all right that's not as egregious that you know maybe they took the fall or something like that but but to me that's a that's a pretty big you know like breaking logic and overall I, I, again like if you're trying to sell that this is this huge threat that you know crippled Freddie Blassie is standing up because you know <laughs> WWF is so threatened um i i just didn't think I mean, it it, it it just felt like, okay, like, when Austin came out, it was almost like, well, here's the real star, you know? Like, all right, like, he's he's clearly on another level, stardom-wise, than anybody else in the ring. And um, I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't... I, I mean, I, I guess he has to be involved in this angle. Like, I don't know if you can do it without him. But, um... Yeah, I mean, he he really morphed through, and I mean, he beat up the entire alliance almost by himself here. So, so it it it, it just didn't. It it felt like okay, we got a great pop for the live crowd, but overall, as a viewer, and I I remember watching this real time. I was like, yeah, like this is kind of why I quit watching WCW. It's just like you know they didn't have. You know, it is with who they had to work with, but it's like they didn't have to do this angle right now either. Um, And it just feels like, well, we don't have the true stars. You know, when you think of WCW in the later years, you think of your Goldbergs, Flair, Sting, Nash, Hogan. uh, You know, you think of those guys, Hall. And we we have none of those guys, Sands, Booker. um, And as we talked about, the ECW quote-unquote legends like... Taz and Raven have been treated horribly on this show, so it it just feels like I don't know. They're just not much of a threat. No, they're not, but uh, they are trying to at least like make them look look good. You can't deny that. I don't think like they are really trying to make them look good, like a force to be reckoned with uh, with all the uh, attacks. I know it's like all like screwy finishes, but uh, you know Booker T has been giving us uh, good wrestling as well. And Rob Van Dam is not that far behind on where he's going to project uh, being in the Alliance, you know? 
Yeah, I, I, I just I would push back on them looking good. I, I don't think they've actually been looking very good. I, I I felt in this show they looked pretty incompetent in most of the segments. Like, yeah, I mean the Dudleys powerbomb and Molly, and uh, otherwise they it felt like they kind of had to skate by with everything and then. Like I said, in the in the ending brawl, Austin stunners everybody into oblivion, including people that are in the match itself on Sunday. So it, I I don't know. I I just don't feel like they're a threat uh, in much of any way at this point. Well, let's see if um, you change your mind just a little bit on. Uh... As we get to the three day period before invasion, as we have our, yep. we have SmackDown uh, July 19th at the Fleet Center in Boston. Shay McMahon comes out with the WCW crew. Stefan Paul come out with the ECW crew. Shane says the WWF hasn't faced talent like, like uh, these guys in the ring. Um, you know, which is kind of a, uh, I think that's a terrible line because he got destroyed on Raw, basically. Yeah, I mean, so so this is kind of your typical, like, the the heels rallying up the promo before the big show. And, um, I mean, it was fine. Like, well, first off, Stephanie gets rid of the awful braid that her hair was on, um, on raw so so that was an improvement yeah um and uh shane and stephanie's promo to start off things was you know decent uh i i think paul paul really steps up when he uh grabs the microphone and then even you know he'd start talking about vince mcmahon senior and vince mcmahon and Junior and and Ross has to correct him, you know, by saying <laughs> that, you know, he basically killed Vince Senior and all this. That's so that, a damn that lie. Weird. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he says, yeah, like so, um, you know, he says that like lines, like face talents, like there's no talent here. I mean, there is, but you know, there there really isn't. Uh, says they've invested everything into WCW and ECW. Stephanie McMahon says that uh, no. WWF, well, Shane says no WWF superstar will deny them from their destiny. Steph says nothing can stop this invasion from happening. Uh, Steph also says that they will play fair. They won't play fair at invasion. They're going to play dirty. And then Paul says they're not sports entertainers. They're wrestlers. And Vince McMahon has made wrestling a dirty word, basically. Um, and he says, you know, your father lied to his father, to your grandfather about not competing and putting everybody out of business. He lied. And then what happened when your father owned WWF, uh, your grandfather died. And so your father killed your grandfather, kids. And Jim Ross like, that's a damn lie. Mitchell Man Sr. died of cancer. Yeah, had to... Uh... Let us know right away what the uh, true story was. <laughs> yeah, because someone would have been like, um, <laughs> Vince killed his dad. 
But and like at this time, Vince was letting like Paul like go do rough shot because I think really Paul Vince McMahon loved Paul Heyman's microphone work, as we'll see uh when we get to uh three days before Survivor series as well. <laughs> Down that line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Vince is backstage with Jericho. Vince says uh, actions speak louder than words. Uh, Jericho wants a match with Jericho has a match with uh, DDP tonight. Jericho goes over everything he said about Steph, and Vince says he should have called her a no good bottom feeding tramp. <laughs> so Vince McMahon like is really uh, dissing his daughter here as well. Yeah, this was a this was an odd one. Um, where where yeah, he said that you know Jericho actually didn't go far enough. Um, it felt felt a little weird to be honest. Even hearing it now. Yep. So now we have DDP versus Chris Jericho. Page goes to work on Jericho. Coastlines in a crossbody to Page. Page counters the walls of Jericho. A tornado powerbomb by Page. DDT by Jericho. A bulldog by Jericho. Nick Patrick tries to fast count Jericho. Jericho then throws Nick Patrick down. Nick DQs Jericho. Jericho puts Nick Patrick in the walls of Jericho. Page brings in a chair but gets put in the walls of Jericho. And then Jericho hits Page with the, with the chair. The match itself, uh, I gave a star and a quarter. It was, it was all right. I mean, you know, I like that uh, tornado power bomb, bomb, and then Jericho lays in all of his stuff again. We get like Nick Patrick again, uh, put throwing shade at Jericho, and uh, he DQs him as well. So, uh, star and a quarter, Chad. Okay, I, I gave it a little bit better than you. I, I want two stars here. This will be a recurring theme for me. Like I. You know, I, I kind of consider Raw, in my opinion, a pretty bad show. Like, I, I just thought it wasn't very successful in what it wanted to convey. Um, whereas, as as we'll get through with the SmackDown, like, I didn't think it was a great show by any means. But um, I thought it had less kind of uh, comedic segments. And I thought it had in-ring better action. Um not a not a lot of lengthy matches, but um, m- most of the matches were given you know five to six minutes, four to six minutes instead of the kind of the two to four minutes that it seems like mm-hmm. we got on a uh, raw. Um, so so I thought this was fine. Um, page page overall in WWF is uh. He he's very frustrating and perplexing to me. I, I think he's someone that to kind of your true WCW fans, you know, he was somebody that we got behind. We kind of made him, you know, he, he became a star in that promotion. We saw him go from, you know, the lowest of the low on the totem pole to being a joke character to being a bona fide main eventer that people will still argue to this day, like should have ended Goldberg's streak at Halloween Havoc 1998. So it, it it just it pains me to see him as this like stalker, uh, weird character and somebody that gets uh, beat up fairly easily. Um, so I have a problem with that. And then again, we had some. Uh, <coughs> 
you know, it was a little funny. Uh, Nick Patrick and Chris Jericho kind of revitalized their feud for five years, five years previously. <laughs> um, they're they're going after each other a little bit in this match, but uh, yeah, overall a little bit of a hokey ending with the chair. But but at least with the chair being used, like we get some violence again. Like if this is a hate filled feud. Um, I want to see stuff get violent and there being some aggression instead of stuff being played for laughs. Um, so, so this being, you know, Jericho using the chair and being angry, I thought tonally fit better than some of the stuff we saw on Raw. Mm-hmm. Regal is, William Regal is backstage. Uh, he finds Paul Heyman sitting in his chair, no less, with his feet up on the desk. Paul tries to recruit Regal to the WCW and ECW coalition. Paul says Regal is a classy guy and ECW is all about class. Regal says, Paul, get your bloody feet off the table and get out of my office. You can all go to hell. And he throws Paul out of his office. Yeah, I mean, this was fine. I, I don't have much thoughts on this. It was okay. Uh, now we have Lance Storm versus Christian. Clothesline the Storm to the outside. Storm ch- ch- Storm cheap shots Edge and Michael Awesome clotheslines Christian. Rolling side slam by Storm. Backbreaker by Christian. Back body drop and drop kick to Storm. Spitting backbreaker by Christian. Mike Awesome pulls Storm out. Earl Hebner argues with Edge. Mike comes in with a chair, but is stopped by Hebner. Edge spears Lance Storm, and Christian pins him. Pins him. Uh, for this matchup, I'm going to star in three quarters, uh, Chad. I thought it was fine. Uh, you know, the WWF is getting one over on the WCW guys, and, uh, you know, Edge, uh, Edge has to interfere in the matchup here and uh, help Christian win. So I want to star in three quarters. Yeah, two two and a quarter for me. Again, I thought it was a pretty decent match in ring. Um, you you really see parody booking as we almost get the same exact finish uh, from the awesome Edge match on Raw, just a reverse on SmackDown with uh, you know Storm delivered the super kick here, Edge delivers the spear, and and then the uh, Christian's able to get the pin, but um. But yeah, overall, I thought this was fine. And again, you had the chair, so so you saw more aggression. You didn't have the pre-match uh, Edge and Christian promo, so I thought that was a good thing. So I I, I, I thought this was uh, again more successful than their segment on Raw. Yeah, uh, I I'd agree. I, I would agree with you. Uh, it looks like they are trying to uh, put in a little bit more. Um, more like powering uh, to hype up this pay-per-view here tonight as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so then Sergeant Slaughter <laughs> comes into Vince's office. Sarge has news uh, for Vince that Stone Cold is here. So Vince is a happy, joy person. Tori Wilson and Stacy are getting prepared for their arm wrestling match. <laughs> Big Passion comes in and says he will be the ref. And, like, sort of, like, weird, um, you know, um, Tori and Stacy are coming on to Nick Patrick, so he's all giddy about it. Yeah, this this was creepy, but, um, 
again, if you're if you're gonna put stuff I don't care about, if you cram it into one segment, which I don't care about the uh, the Braun panties match, and I don't care about the officials fighting, um, you know, okay, cram it into one segment, be done. <laughs> so there's only one thing I don't have to worry about. So this is uh, a weird segment to me because. We were shown at the top of the show that um, it's going to be Jerry versus to Jerry Undertaker and Kane versus uh, Taz and the Dudley Boys. But yep. here's the thing: like Regal tells to Jerry that his tag team partners are Undertaker and Kane. It's like we know that already, you know. Like I don't understand it too. <laughs> but Regal then tells Undertaker and Kane what they have to do. And Jerry is backstage mimicking everything Regal does. Regal says, there's like, you gotta choke slam him and this, and then like, you know, cover him. Like Jerry basically plays dead on uh, on Regal's uh, desk. And Undertaker goes, did he take his medicine? Yeah. Um, yeah. This, this is one of those things. I mean, I think this is 2001 in a nutshell. Like, when you get to the Austin angle stuff, it's that, too. Like, I mean, this is paid, played for laughs. Tajiri, you know, I mean, he's humorous. Like, it's it's funny if you watch it as a standalone. Um, and, I, and I understand it, it has its place. It's just I'm not sure it's for the best leading into this kind of first big uh event with WCW versus uh WWF. So so that that that'd be my only pushback. Like as a standalone segment, certainly like the comedic timing, it's humorous with Kane staring at Tajiri with his mask. Um it it just felt like kind of the wrong place for it in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So then uh, Austin arrives um in Vince's office, Stone Cold doesn't want a hug from Vince, and then he says he wants a water and an ice cold beer. But you see that Stone Cold is becoming the uh, old Stone Cold because he doesn't want hugs anymore from Vince. Right. And now we have the Dudley Boys and Taz versus Undertaker came to Jerry. Brawl ensues by all six men. Kane and Devon start off. Bubba Ted. Bubba hangs uh, Kane off the top rope. Big boots of Taz. The face plant by Bubba. Spinning elbow by Devon. Uh, huge suplex by Taz. Huge kick to Taz's face. DDP, DDT by Undertaker to Taz. Jerry walks into a Taz mission. Taz gets slammed by Undertaker for the win. For this matchup, I thought it was fine. It was a standard six-man tag. Uh, really good uh, for w- WWF guys to stand tall. I went two stars on it. Yeah, uh, uh, two and a half. I'm a little higher than you almost these match teams. I, I like this match, actually, for a match itself. Um, you know, I'm not going to praise Undertaker too much for his 2001 in-ring. Um but I, I thought he was uh, pretty motivated here for kind of a throwaway TV match. And I will say, I thought, again, Taz showed more aggression. Um, it it almost felt like they were trying to retcon some of the stuff that happened Monday. Because, I mean, he's showing aggression and beating up to Jerry, um, which I appreciated. And, you know, we talked about it. Like, the Dudleys themselves have been booked well as Alliance members. But, um it it just 
to me, the only the only negative with them is they feel it, it's weird because they had been in the WWF less than two years, but they kind of felt so ingrained as WWF that them turning to the Alliance felt a little weird. Or it's like, all right, well, they're matched up against a lot of these guys that we've seen them matched up with uh, before, so the novelty wasn't there as it was with uh, somebody like Rob Van Dam, you know, and Booker T facing these uh, new fresh matchups. Yeah, so I mean, you know, it was like a good, a uh, good standing, ma- good, good matchup for uh, all six competitors here. And then we go backstage again. Uh, it's Trish and Lita. They're backstage just discussing invasion. Earl Hebner says he will be the ref for the arm wrestling match. And now, so you know, you know where they're going, basically. Uh, with, right. with this, they're trying to get two seg- two storylines into one segment here. So we'll get there. Bradshaw takes on Sean O'Hare. A DDT by Bradshaw. Bradshaw throws O'Hare into the steps. Flying elbow block by Bradshaw. Forearm and Farouk and, Farouk and Palumbo brawl. Huge spinning kick to Bradshaw. Fall leg slam to O'Hare. Big boots to Palumbo. And a clothesline from hell to O'Hare for the win. Uh, for this matchup, I went two and a half, uh, Chad. Um, so, so this is where my praise for this show kind of dwindles. Um, I, uh, thought the finish was poor. I mean, again, I think O'Hare showed, uh, a lot of potential in the dying days of WCW, um, and showed a lot here. Like he, uh, you know, as, as a match itself, I thought this was interesting. Like Bradshaw breaks out a llama Heastro cradle in the early going and, uh, but but O'Hare to me is showing a lot of his uh, athleticism throughout this match and mixing in the power moves and then to him job clean to Bradshaw I thought was a misstep. Um, I, I thought this would have been a good opportunity uh, for the Alliance to have a strong win. You know Bradshaw is not somebody that's been overly protected in WWF. He can take a loss here, certainly in a singles match at this point. Um, so, so just get over the new guys, make them look strong. Glad O'Hare win, and it, it felt like giving the tag titles to APA felt like that type of booking where you were like, well, if you're gonna have these, you know, um, interpromotional type matches, then giving them the tag titles, it seems very easily for them to get beat by the WCW contingent, you know, and, and WCW to go on a run and gain some momentum beating the WWF tag team champions because, because it felt very out of left field, to APA winning the tag titles in the first place. But uh, yeah, I mean, Bradshaw getting the clean win here was unneeded for sure. Mm-hmm. So now we have Tori Wilson versus Trish Stratus, uh, arm wrestling. They lock up. Nick Patrick elbows Hebner. And then Stacy pulls Trish's hand down, so Tori wins. Lita spears Stacy. Earl Hebner starts beating up Nick Patrick. Trish and Lita give Nick Patrick some, uh, kiss, some kicks. And then Earl punches uh, Nick out of the ring. And they're all celebrating. I gave this a dud. The segment is <laughs> like it's so bad. Like this is bad. I gave this a dud. Yeah, this 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 was garbage. Um, like, move that on. didn't 
Yeah, not nothing. I mean, I I don't fathom how any of this made you want to see the. I, I mean, so here's the thing: like, if, if you're playing the women's match for TNA value, which you are, because it's a bra and panties match, like. You've had no teasing of that aspect in their feud so far. Like, like your your you know your usual WWF tropes that you would think that you know aren't great, obviously, but 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 weren't at the time. You know, they had a time and place where you know, like they would take off the shirt of tour, you know, whatever to get it over. Like here, you have this lame arm wrestling match that. You know, Tori, again, the Alliance member only wins through nefarious means. Um, then you have Earl Habner. Uh, I mean, the, like him kicking Nick Patrick and Nick Patrick selling. This this was awful. Um, so, so overall, I mean, the segment sucked. Yep. Uh, so we got that out of the way here. And then um, now we have, let's see. Okay. Yep. Uh, we are backstage with um, Stone Cold and Vince. Uh, Vince gets off the phone with his attorney. He announces divorce proceedings are on hold. I can see why they are because it looked like that if the WCW original plan went through and everything was on the up and up, I think it was going to be Vince and Linda and Shane McMahon, like Linda being Shane's financial backer for WCW versus Vince mm. McMahon. Like I think uh, Linda was going to go rogue and uh, join her son in this WCW monopoly. Basically, that's what I think. But now it's like now we know it's the parents versus the kids again. You know, it's like, well, well, whatever happened, oh, well, yeah, they're on hold and they're going to work it out in therapy, basically. Right. Um, did you think that was probably going to go that way? If uh, no, the, I, uh, I haven't really thought about that, but that's that's an option they could have done for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I think um, they kind of had to change a lot with. You know, the WWF wasn't going to be Hills, right? So if they're doing the invasion angle, Vince had been so deplorable the last, like, seven months of TV uh, straight from the I Want a Divorce <laughs> promo uh, to when all of a sudden now he's the raw, raw, raw baby face trying to save his promotion. So it, it was a, a big tonal shift uh, that they had to do, certainly booking-wise, for Vince. Yep. So now we have, uh, and then he says that he has a surprise for Stone Cold. Now we have what I think is the match of the night here. Jeff Hardy and X-Fox mm -hmm. versus Billy Kidman and Bob Van Dam. Jeff and Kidman start off. Leg drop by RVD to Jeff. Her Karana by Jeff to RVD. A spinning heel kick by X-Pac. Rolling Thunder to X-Pac. A powerbomb to Kidman. A jawbreaker to Van Dam, poetry in motion, and a Bronco Buster to Kidman. Jeff misses Kidman with a Swanton bomb. Five star frog splash to Jeff for a two count. Kidman hits X Pac with, uh, I call it a head scissor slam. I don't know what you call it, but uh, for the win. And for this matchup, I went, uh, th I'm going to go three stars on it. I really thought this one was good. And we saw a lot from, uh, a, a preview, but really good preview from Van Dam and Jeff, and also X Pac and Billy Kidman. Like, you know, 
Kim and I have, might not have been like a stand, might have been a standout, but like he was really showing that he could hang with the cruiserweight uh, or whatever's left of the light heavyweight division here. Yeah, I went three stars as well. I thought I thought this was a lot of fun. And I think this is kind of the fresh matchup stuff that you were salivating, um, looking to in the alliance because I mean, all four of these guys matched up, uh, kind of interspersed with each other. It felt like there was a lot of interesting stuff. Like even, you know, Kidman versus Jeff Hardy felt like a fun matchup that could have happened down the road. And, you know, Jeff Hardy versus Van Dam. obviously they continued to build for that, but, you know, X-Pac was still a good worker and it, you know, he was somebody that, um, you know, Kidman was pretty much a pure jobber when six was, prominent in wcw and it it just felt it felt just everything felt very fresh um the action felt more spirited than a lot of the stuff we'd seen so so overall i thought this was a really good fun tv match that that still left you wanting to see the two matches on pay-per-view that it was building towards um so it's successful all around um the only my only slight negative, and I did, I did like this, but uh, uh, a, another kind of good point was I liked after the uh, five-star frog splash, like X-Pac had to break the pin. Um, I thought that was nice because that could have been an easy area where, uh, you know, Hardy could have kicked out of that. And they kind of blown that move already but and it leads right to the finish where kidman actually gets the pin on x-pog so so again this was well done booking wise and ring wise and uh was a fun tv match yeah so before we get into our uh last two segments here let's go over the card here we have mike okay. awesome mike awesome and lance storm versus edge and christian we have nick patrick versus earl hebner the APA versus the versus Sean O'Hare and Chuck Palumba. We have the hardcore match, the hardcore title match between Rob Van Dam and Jeff Hardy. We have Tajiri versus Taz. The bra and panties match here uh, with uh, Tori and Stacy versus Trish and Lita. We also have our matchup between. Um, and then, then we have like the the like the, I think it's just the main event uh, that's announced. It's like Stone Cold, Kurt Angle, Chris Jericho, Undertaker, and Kane versus Booker T, DDP, Rhino, and the Dudley Boys. We get yeah. um, then we get announced like it's like Regal and Regal versus Raven. Uh, that came out of nowhere. And then we have like one more. Uh, one more match too, where it's like the big show, hardcore Holly and Billy Gunn versus Hugh Morris. I think it's Canyon and Sean Stasiak too. So those men, those two were like put together for like Very no storyline reason. Yeah. So some of them have like a storyline, but other than that, they're kind of just thrown in there. Like X Pac and Kidman, they just matched up because one time. Scott Hudson said, oh, X-Pac going to be paying attention to a lot to uh, Kibben and or Helms. You know, he was just seen watching the, them have a match backstage, you know. And then, you know, Regal just decides, hey, uh, Earl, go tell Nick Patrick, go fight him at Wrestle. You'll fight him at Invasion, okay? It's like, all right. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, the card as you read it off, it sounds okay, but um, yeah, a lot of those feuds, uh, a couple matches as you talked about, were just thrown together uh, with seemingly no rhyme or reason from what we've seen um, in the shows. Uh, you know, maybe on Sunday night or something, they 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 cobble something together, but I don't know. Um, and then, and then a couple of the other matches too. It's just one of those like. Oh, hey, these are the WCW champions. Well, they're going to be feuding with the WWF champions. So, so while, I mean, the Kidman X Pac match, I, I thought they did a good enough job, like creating intrigue for that. But, but especially with the tag team stuff, I, I, I feel like that's definitely the case where it's just like, oh, well, there's the tag champions of each respective brand. So they have to be feuding with each other. Yep. So then we get backstage. Uh, Vince McMahon was singing to Stone Cold, but that actually got cut off from uh, the um, the feed. Um, but you see Stone Cold hit Vince with a guitar. I believe it was he was singing like Camp Down Lady, sing this song, and it's like, welcome. Or she'll be coming around the mountain where he's like, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. And like mm-hmm. Vince is like making up his own words. And, um, Stone Cold's like, I've had enough of you. And he smacks Vince McMahon with a guitar. <laughs> and like, yeah. starts like, Vince, you already goes, oh, I'm good. The old Stone Cold's back. I'm good. Then you have Steph, Paul, and Shane. They're backstage pumping up Rhino and Booker T and Rhino for their matchup with Kurt Angle and Austin. Now we have this uh, match here. Uh, tag team match. Booker T and Rhino versus Stone Cold and Kurt Angle. Score by Rhino to Kurt Angle. Then out comes Stone Cold Steve Austin. Austin tosses Booker T out. The stunner to both Booker T and Rhino. And then on the um, on the just Tron, the Titan Tron screen on SmackDown, DDP has kidnapped Deborah and throws her in the back of a limo trunk. So Austin runs out. He tries to get to the limo, but then. Uh, they um they attack um but then like you know the alliance attacks Austin but Undertaker intercepts DDP in the parking lot but they get jumped by the WCW and ECW guys Angle locks a Booker T but the Dudley Boys beat up Angle a Gorda Angle by Rhino and then a 3D into a table by the Dudley Boys so. In a uh, in a trap, uh, luring Undertaker and uh, Undertaker Kane and Stone Cold into a trap uh, by the uh, Alliance uh, here. Uh, the team, the rest of the Alliance team, they get one up on Team WWF by 3Ding and giving Angle a gore, and he gets takes a 3D through the uh, table here. So. Um, I thought it was good. Um, I would say like the match is a um, like three. I was, I'm gonna say it's like it's like a half a star. You know, it's not even a match really. Like yeah. they're in there, they're getting beat up, but then you know DDP comes in. But I believe the segment as a whole really left, um, you know, WCW and ECW standing tall, better than Raw actually, Chad. Yeah, I had some uh, some hit and misses on this overall. Um, I, I thought the match itself was what it was. I mean, I don't think you could have expected much, and you didn't get much. Um, a 
couple of negatives. I thought Austin getting the stunner on Rhino, having him laid out again. It is Austin, but uh, felt like was making Rhino look a little weak, especially since he's one of the five members of the uh, WCW contingent. The whole uh, page abducting Deborah. Him being, again, a stalker for the women felt very out of character and out of place and weird. And then um, him just sort of lingering back there, allowing himself to get attacked, uh, felt odd. Um, I, I didn't quite understand that. So so those are the negatives. Uh, but then the positives were, I, th- I thought, the final beatdown on Angle uh, inside the ring from the WCW ECW contingent culminating in the uh, 3D through the table uh, did a good enough job of making WCW ECW look strong as kind of your final uh, last second build uh, to the pay-per-view and then the uh, the final shot of the team overall along with Shane, Stephanie, and Paul raising their hands high was a good kind of closing image to close out the show. Yeah, so we'll see uh, what happens at Invasion. Will the WCW-ECW coalition survive uh, Invasion? Um, you know, but a uh, really good build up here, you know, going back and forth. I finally reached, uh, you know, I would say like the first island of the invasion, uh, you know, as we get to the actual pay-per-view invasion and that's going to be my, uh, next episode. So I cannot wait to do a, uh, can't wait to do the watch along with uh, another guest of mine here as well. Well, that's going to do it for our coverage of the Raw and SmackDown, uh, for this week on nation invasion. But Chad, uh, do you have anything that you want to plug, uh, the listeners to? Uh, you can reach me on X, Twitter, whatever, at uh, at Big Boys Play WCW. Um, and please, if you haven't, give Wrestling Warzone a shot. We're heading into uh, the end of February 1997. We're doing Final Four 1997, uh, as well as super brawl uh with uh piper versus hogan too so so two kind of intriguing shows i'm excited to discuss with justin i enjoyed uh your discussion uh with uh wrestling warzone about um you know piper's kid coming to the ring with him and then that whole ordeal like when his kid goes to like walks out of the ring and then piper uh fights back against hogan and you really see the side of a vicious Piper there. So I thought that was really, that was really, really great. Uh, but, you know, I've been, I've been listening uh, and where uh, it's just getting started, you know? As, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's been fun. As for me, you can, uh, besides this show, you can find me on uh, the place to network. Also um, talking about ECW on sci-fi from 2006 to 2010 on Extreme Resurrection with my partner Steve Riddle. We'll have another ep- we'll have another episode of that dropping. The last episode we dropped was uh, the uh, Fallout from Vengeance of Seven and how it was going to be Chris Benoit versus CM Punk for the ECW title. That got changed to the Benoit tragedy and Johnny Nitro uh, becomes ECW champion. Uh, CM Punk defeats uh, Elijah Burke to become number one contender for uh, Nitro's uh, ECW title. So uh, give that a listen to. 
And, uh, you know, that, that's about it. Uh, you can find me on X or Twitter on uh, at Gruny316, G-R-U-N-E-Y-316. Well, that's going to do it for us here on Nation Invasion. I want to thank my uh, guest, uh, Chad Campbell. And we will see you next time as we are finally here at the invasion. The moment that a lot of us have been waiting for, uh, you know, the it's finally here after build after build, you know. Be prepared as we, the nation, bring the invasion.